Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Warrantine Podcast. This is the show for my ladies, my fellas, and non-binary brothers and sisters, where we deep dive into all things dealing with politics, entertainment, business, and so, so, so much more, and how they've affected you during this quarantine time. My name is Warren Berg, I'm an actor comedian, and on this episode, I wanna ask you, have you ever struggled with self-worth? Who are you as a person? What is your ultimate essence of where you wanna be in your life, how you see yourself every freaking day? Well, that's exactly what we're gonna get into on this week's episode, where we also have special guest Chelsea Von Chaz, who's the founder and CEO of Happy Period. Uh, you're gonna wanna stay tuned for this because it's a good one. Stay tuned, it's the Warrantine Podcast! Let's go. They said, hold your role. Yeah, boy, this ain't your show. Stick to the mold. You got it dumb down the flow. That's when they got bold and told me I should take it slow. I said, I don't think so. This is the shit they waiting for. I am so freaking weird. I don't even know why I did that. Anyway, let's dive into it, guys. Self-worth. What is it all about? Who are you? Where do you want to be in your life? What are you about? Okay, so during this time, right, we've had an amazing essence of quarantine happening, right? And I know I've talked about this in previous episodes, but now we've been able to sit with ourselves, right? I'm alone, I'm sitting by myself. I get to dive into all of my thoughts. Ooh, the darkness, the shadow work. For those who don't know about shadow work, Google that shit. You get to unwind all your origin story, right? The things that are in your clo emotional closet, your, your mental closet. Oh my God, I got daddy issues. Oh my God, I got mama issues. All that stuff, right? That's back there clogged up and why I'm like, I'm just angry, that's just how I am. No, it's because you haven't done the work into finding out why you are the way you are, therefore you're reacting in a way, but that's neither here nor there. I wanna talk about self-worth. But before we do any of that, let's take a deep breath in. Ooh, hold it and let that shit out. Ah, one more time, I'm gonna bring in some amazing shit and I'm gonna let go all that toxic, all that toxic bullshit, it's out. Ah, oh, that feels so good. Oh yeah, I love every single time I do that. Mm. You know why I like it? Because I know my self-worth. But what does that even mean? What is self-worth? You know, chances are you probably heard of, uh, well, many words, many self-words, self, self-words. Self There's self-esteem, right? There's self, <laughs> self-compassion, self-acceptance, right? What else? Uh, shit, I can keep going. Self-respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, self-confidence, right? Give me some self-love, some self-loving, self-care. Oh, I'm all about that self-care. Ugh, I miss a good hot tub getting butt ass naked and just sitting there and going into the cold tub, then, oh shit, let me go get a sauna situation. Let me dry myself off off that sauna situation, get back in the cold tub. Oh, guess what? Now I wanna go in the pink Himalayan salt room. After that, I wanna go into my nice cold room. Then I wanna go into the hottest sauna, the Komodojo room, I don't know, some word. And then I wanna just chill, cause I can do that here in Wee Spa. That's neither here nor there, nor do I understand how that's gonna happen again post pandemic. But what we're talking about here is self-worth. Now, what essentially is self-worth? Well, self, I'll tell you what it is. It is the, it's an individual's main priority in their life to find self-acceptance. Yeah, damn, that was good. Throw a bomb on that shit. Damn, that was good, Warren. Shit. 
And then and then that self-acceptance is often found how through like I get achievement. It's like, oh, you know, before I was I wasn't walking. I was just crawling. I was just crawling. And now that I'm walking like everybody else and they accept me like, good job, you're walking. Now I, I feel I feel the self-worth. I'm worthy of walking. I'm worthy of being on this planet. I'm worthy of being a human being because we're all walking and that's what is accepted. You know, no different than, you know, in the Internet and posting. Oh, my God. You know, I've, I've, I've gotten a blue check mark. Yes. And, and, and that is deemed as worthy on the Internet way. So therefore, I am worthy. I am worthy. And the logical conclusion is that um, competing with others can actually <laughs> they can actually help us feel like we have an impressive like achievements under under our belt, with, which which then makes us feel proud of ourselves. Right. And it, it enhances our acceptance of ourselves. Now, it's it's just really baffling to me that we just place so much emphasis of what our self-worth is based on our achievements. You know, how much money I have, how many followers I have, how many listeners are listening to my podcast, you know, and whatever other type of bullshit that maybe limits or takes away from the true understanding of who we are. The fact that we can't just feel worthy just cause, just cause I'm alive. I'm listening. My senses work. I can taste, hear, smell, see, and more. And that in itself is not enough for me to be worthy. Well, you know, outside from competing against each other and acquiring all these, all this stuff, all this stuff that we as society has deemed very, very important. There are, in fact, other factors that deem us worthy to ourself and also to others. You want to know what it is? Let's find out. I would say it's our appearance, you know, whether measured by a number on a scale, the size of our clothing worn or the attention received by others. It's definitely how we look. You know, oh my God, I'm too fat. Do I do I have the right dress on? Or maybe uh, my nose is too broad. Oh, my nose is too thin. Let me get some Kylie J Lip Gent Jenner in my lip lip. Let me l luscious them up and make them look African-like, you know? I don't know why I did that voice. It doesn't even matter. Another one would be our net worth, right? How many people have ever Googled so-and-so's net worth? I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm somebody who has. I, I'll say it about myself. I uh, I will say that. I actually was in a debate with a friend of mine trying to figure out who made more money, Steve Harvey or Ellen. Huh? 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 Think about it, right? Some people are saying Ellen. Some people are like, no, nah, but Steve Harvey's been around for a long time. Like, who knows, right? It's the net worth. That can mean income. That can mean material possessions, financial assets, or whatever, or even all of the above, right? Another one could be who you know. Hmm. Who doesn't love a good name, name drop here and there? Um, like, right, like this, like 2019, I, uh, I got to go to Drake's birthday party and, you know, I actually got to talk to Drake and while we were there, you know what I mean? Like now my self-worth has increased. That's a true story, by the way. But why did I even need to say that? So you guys can deem me worthy. <laughs> it's just that people judge their own value and the own and the value of others by their status and what's important and what's influential to people they know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going. What about, what about your career or what you do? Right. How often are we judging others by what they do? Oh, you're an actor? Really? Okay. All right. You're an actor. Uh, it's cool, I guess, if you're on TV, but not really if you're not really on TV. I mean, if you're a stockbroker, that's often considered, you know, more successful and, and more valuable than a, a, a janitor or even a teacher to a certain degree. And lastly, I would say what you achieve. You know, as I said earlier, 
um, we frequently use achievements, right, to determine somebody's worth, whether it's our own worth or someone else's, such as success in business. Uh, it can even be if you're in school, all my student listeners, it can be the scores on the SATs or what place you come in a marathon or some type of athletic challenge, you know, the warrior tough mutter challenges or any of that shit, right? I personally, I feel during this quarantine time, um, I'm on a mission to correct any like misunderstandings and misconceptions about my own self-worth. And instead of like listing all the factors that go into my self-worth, I've done an idea of, uh, of, of outlining what does and what does not determine my self-worth. And I'm going to share it with you. My to-do list. Hello, somebody. Achieving goals feels great, right? It feels amazing. Cross that shit off the list. Boom, boom, bam. Rot. I got it done. But come on, you guys. Let's keep it real. It doesn't have a real relationship on your worth as a human, does it? Or even my job, my job as an actor. It doesn't matter what I do. If I'm an actor, if I'm a podcaster, if I'm a shit talker, it doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that I'm doing it well and that it makes me happy. The fact that I'm figuring this whole podcast thing out makes me so worthy of this podcast, right? Or my social media following. I think I got like 9,000 and something. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Sorry. That was really how I feel on the inside. And I had to come to terms with that because... It, it, it doesn't matter how many people think that I'm worthy of a follow or a repost or a retweet. It's just enlightening enough and healthy enough to consider the perspectives of others. But they're, you know, opinions don't really have to have an impact on, on my value as a person, does it? What about my age? Ooh, let's talk about that. Your age, is that, does that delve into your self-worth? Nah, uh-uh. Because in order to relieve a, release a dope poppy song that's really fun you know you got to be too old you're too old to do that or maybe you're too young to do this or you know age you know hate to quote r kelly here but it, it, age ain't nothing but a number it really isn't and does not factor you or your value as a human being here's a huge one right here it's called self-worth therefore other people yes i'll say it again other people don't matter it doesn't matter what they think. It don't. It don't. Y'all could hate this goddamn podcast. Warren is just rambling on about some self-worth bullshit. It don't matter. It don't matter. My personal satisfaction and fulfillment is like literally, if you want to put a monetary or a number on it, it's literally 20 billion times more important than what others are thinking, saying, or doing about me. Right. How far I can run what my grades are, the number of friends I have, my relationship status, my money. You know, I can go on and on and on. The likes, the likes, the likes, or anything or anyone that does or deal with anything else except yourself. That's the heart of the matter here, people. You are the only one who determines your self-worth. You put the bars and the boundaries on where you see yourself. If you believe you're worthy and valuable, therefore, you are worthy and valuable. Even if you don't believe you're worthy and valuable, guess what? You still motherfucking worthy and valuable. I'll never forget this amazing quote that I got from Will Smith. He said uh, he was actually he I'm requoting Will Smith because he quoted Socrates. He said the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't. Well, they're usually right. Isn't that is that pretty, pretty real? They're usually right. I used to think way back 
when I was in school, I was like, I'll keep it real with y'all. I'll keep it. Yeah, that's what this fucking podcast is all about. Keep it real. I used to make like B's and C's, right? All throughout school, except my junior and senior year, all throughout school, I used to make like B's and C's. I was that student. And with my birthday being on October 21st, when school would start, it would always be six weeks um, later when it landed on the weekend of my birthday. And six weeks later would be uh, the progress reports. That's when progress reports come out. And that's when teachers got to tell me or at least tell me to send this to my parents or give this to my parents so they could sign it saying that they saw it of how they valued me or how they saw me as a student. And I got to tell you, man, those things hurt to know that good old Wesley Buckles over here, Buckles, literally, my last name is Burke, his last name is Buckles. And when he's right next to me, and he used to like honor roll all the time, straight A's all the time. And then like, you would just see the like joy and happiness that would be over this teacher. And then when she would get to me, it was just like, and then there's Warren Burke. <laughs> and man, I got to tell you, it used to hurt my heart, yo, hurt my heart. Even when I, even when I would spend like a great time, a great time uh, of studying, like I just wouldn't get it. I, I, I wouldn't get it. I used to wish I had better grades yet. Man, I, I still felt good about myself until like other people kept deeming me not not good enough for for learning motherfucking algebra. Like when was the last time we used algebra in any type of shit? When have you literally I want I really want to know from all my listeners. When was the last time you said, oh, uh, I, I need to get into this par- parking space. So I wondered does two X uh, divided by Y um, is the square root of what? Shut the fuck. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Don't get me wrong. Math is very important, and if you're a student, you need to go do that shit. But at the same time, when you're 33, you're not going to worry about that shit. Even if you're an engineer, there is no way you're still referencing algebra. There's no way. You know what you should be referencing? Um, how to do those taxes, um, home ownership, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, coding for these tech companies. Uh, how about how to build a podcast from scratch, even though yet you have a small following, but like who else is going to teach you how to do this? Come on, come on, come on. Now, as a teenager or, or a child, me struggling with my own self-value of who I am, my self-worth, I felt like that could have, I, th- I felt like it was built up to a certain degree. Let me not just be Debbie Downer here. I mean, there's extracurricular activities I was a part of, clubs, sports, and, and so many more. Shout out to Jack and Jill and all these individual things that I was a part of to make me feel in some way that I'm... <laughs> That I got somewhere. One of these things is gonna make me feel good. Wrestling. I remember doing wrestling, and like I used to get my ass whooped, but I I won like once or twice. I I remember the reason why I was is because I was like 180 pounds at the time, and like I guess like (laughs) I guess I was five pounds away from 175, which is a different class. But I guess when you're 180, you gotta wrestle the dudes that's like 200 and some pounds, which made no sense. And still, even talking about it, it still makes no sense. So these big, hefty, potato-fed white dudes are just Black Lives Matter, all lives mattering the fuck out of me. Just like shut the fuck up, pin you down, ba ba ba. Not for real, like in a bad way. But I'm pretty sure some little race situation happened in their mind. That's neither here nor there. What is here? is the fact that as a child, I can very much see how one can come up a little bit more when you're when you're an adolescent. But however, when you're an adult, how does one increase self-worth or self-value, huh? It's a little tricky, isn't it? 
Some think it's a lost cause. I, Warren Burke, and the Warrantine podcast would beg to differ. I would say first, let's take a look back at, at the things I said uh, that do not determine self-worth, right? And to remind yourself that your bank account, your job title, your attractiveness, I don't give a fuck how many uh, OnlyFans uh, that you got, they or your social media followings, they got nothing to do with how valuable you are or worthy as a person so easy to get caught up in chasing money and status and popularity especially when these things are like valued so highly around us and it's, it's only getting worse y'all it's only getting worse i'm starting to see it in my own mother and her addicted like did you see how many followers got something like mom shut up don't don't say that Ugh, why you know but in an effort to take a step back and think about what truly matters when determining people's self-worth is this their kindness right their compassion, your empathy level. Am I really taking a step further into trying to understand what this person in front of me is trying to say to me? My respect for others and how well, how well I treat those around me. Those are things that we, 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 we got to really make a huge emphasis on. Secondly, I'm trying to work on identifying, challenging and externalizing my inner voice. This motherfucker on the inside of my mind, he that loves to nitpick and point the flaws. Are you too dark? Look at them teeth. Are they good? Well, how come he got the role over you? Is your dick big enough? Maybe it's not. I mean, you are black. How come it's not this size? How come it's not that size? I don't know. I don't know. It's but what we do have to accept is that it is natural to let this inner critic get the best of us sometimes. But if we let her win too often, well, then she starts to think that she is right. Jesus Christ. And I'm not just saying she. I'm sorry. I hope that isn't, <laughs> I hope that's not gender related. I don't know why I started saying she. It's no, no, no offense to my wonderful, amazing uh, uh, women who, who listen. Sorry. And anyway, now, whenever you notice that inner critic starting to fire up within, within inside of you, I, I, I've done the, I've started doing this thing where I pause for a moment. I do. I really do. Like, let's, let me, let me think about something. Uh, let's think about the podcast. Let's do the podcast. Oh my God. The podcast is not great. Who am I? I'm not going to be Mark Marion. I'm not going to be Joe Rogan. I mean, even these Zamero, they're huge. I'm not even a huge comedian. I'm not even that big of an actor. Like, okay, now, great. I, Cause I'm starting to really feel it now. I'm going to pause, take a deep breath, let it out. And now I'm going to ask myself if that inner voice has any basis in fact, whether this inner voice is being kind or not, whether this inner voice is telling, telling me that something is something that I critically need to know. And if none of these things are true, well, Okay, ladies, I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get a little graphic here. I got to let that bitch out. It's not like for real, bitch. Not for real. I'm just expressing. Anyway, Warren, keep going. I got to challenge myself on that inner on that inner work to do on the things that 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 this inner voice keeps whispering in my ear. Right. I got to challenge her to, rem to to remind this inner voice that no matter what I do or what I don't do, that I am worthy. You are worthy and you are valuable all within the same. And what about relationships, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going there. I know we've already talked about it, but I'm going there. You know, it's a common mistake that people make with low self-esteem is to base their self-worth on one aspect of their life, often being their relationship. Now, don't get me wrong. Totally understandable uh, for, for someone else's love 
to encourage you to feel better about yourself. However, uh, you need to be working on feeling good about yourself, whether you in a relationship or not. The love of another person does not define you, nor does it define your value as a person. I'm going ham here, people. Whether you're single, casually fucking around, building a solid relationship with somebody, celebrating your 30th wedding anniversary with your, with your main boo or whatever, you are worthy of love and respect, and you should make time to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. God damn, Warren, you're going in. I don't give a fuck. Because, listen, at the end of the day, um, for people of any relationship status, it may be especially important for those in long-term relationships that you do not need to make the mistake of thinking that your partner's love is what makes you worthy of love. If anything ever happens to your partner, right? Or, or, or even your relationship, you don't want to be forced to build up your sense of worth from scratch, from nothing like Betty Crocker. It can make breakups and grief so much harder than they need to be so much harder i am speaking from a real place here shit this is real <laughs> it is though damn Ooh, that was real now though this <laughs> now though this is the issue it might be enough to encourage you to to work on your your your, your self-worth when that when certain things like that happen i.e i don't know start a podcast about your damn self there is a, another reason it's important because the reason being is that having a sense of, of self-worth will actually, actually, will actually make your current relationship better. Yep. Facts. Big facts. When you learn to love yourself, you become a better uh, person and able to love somebody else. When people with high respect, self-respect, they tend to have more satisfying, loving, and stable relationship than those fo folks who just like mooching and codependent off that other mofo, okay? Simply because they know that they need to find their worth, uh, their self, their, their esteem, and their happiness within themselves. Two people who are lit as fuck with self-worth and happiness from within. Come on now. They're, they, they, they're much brighter than two people who are trying to absorb and drain from one another. Ooh, there's a word. Tweet that shit, please. All right. But Warren, you talking all about, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Self-worth. Bro, you ain't giving us no tips. You ain't telling us how we're going to get this self-worth. You know what I'm saying? I've been on the block. All right, all right. Thank you so much, Daryl. Just chill. Just chill. I will give you some tips because I wrote some down because I'm weird. But see, there's levels to this shit. <laughs> there's levels to this shit. What are the levels to this shit? What are the levels to self-worth? Well, I'm going to get to it right now. There's levels to it. There's emotional self-care. There's physical self-care. There's social self-care and there's spiritual self-care. Let's start with emotional self-care. Can we learn how to say no? Can we do that? Can we learn how to say no? I didn't say say yes. Can we learn how to say no? No, thank you. Hey, I was just in your neighborhood and I was like, let me stop by and say no. You know, uh, I really like a butter pecan, uh, wonderful ice cream. And if you could go get that for no. Oh, my God. They're offering you two thousand four hundred. No. No, you need to intentionally schedule some me time on your calendar, too, by the way. Yes, you do. When are we going to pour into ourselves? Huh? Reward yourself for completing them small tasks. Did I make my bed? High five. Yes. High five. When was the last time you learned something new, too, by the way? I'm over here on this damn keyboard fucking up, but it's bringing me so much joy. I even like making a podcast. I keep saying that, but it's true. All right. 
put your mind at ease and, and and dive into yourself and stop being so harsh on yourself. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Everybody want to say, uh, hey, I ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Okay, so when you make a mistake, do not become an asshole to you. That's emotional self-care. Let's go to the physical self-care. <laughs> you ain't got to be sweating, you know, doing uh, P90X and insanity and uh, Tybo every single day. You don't have to be doing that, but you can stretch. <laughs> you can stretch those muscles. Can we go for a walk one good time? Can we connect with Mother Earth? Can we look at these plants? Can we smell those Mother Nature? And are you drinking enough water? I know we keep hearing it and everybody keeps saying it. I got to get through a gallon. You don't even have to get through a fucking gallon a day. Just drink some water. Put that goddamn lemonade down and drink some water. Because you can exhaust yourself physically, okay? Do whatever that helps you feel just a little bit out of breath. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Go on a bike. Go hiking. Go camping. Backpacking. It doesn't matter. But spend some time in nature and so you can tie yourself out and to take your ass to bed on time. Ooh, guys, I'm on a roll here and I'm speaking to myself. This is off the dome. All right. Next. <laughs> Next. I've written the points down, but I'm the, the, the things are off because this, this is me. I'm talking to my me. Social. Mm, social self self-care. Social self-care. This is number three. I have, it's four of them. Social self-care. Are you ready for this? Here we go. I'm going to start off heavy. Avoid toxic people good god almighty hmm. avoid these toxic motherfuckers in your life don't know how to do it well here's the next tip ask for help let people know you need some help i do not know how to get rid of these toxic people help me i like how you're living your life help me what is therapy help me i don't know help me. I keep doing the same addictive thing. I keep picking up the weed. I keep picking it up. I keep drinking it. I keep saying I want to give it up, but I keep doing it. Help me. Ask somebody. Call a trusted friend or a trusted family member just to talk shit out, right? And this goes back, this kind of goes back to uh, uh, emotional self-care uh, with learning how to say no. You got to choose who you spend your time with every single day. Spend time with people who are celebrating you. Who are, who are enthusiastic about your love, about uh, who want to celebrate you as a human being. You know how you feel when you're around them. You know that dark cloud that comes up out of nowhere, but for somehow, some way, you keep showing up around them. No. All right? Schedule a, a, a date night. Just schedule a date night with your girl. Do it. Do it. It's, it's quarantine time. I know we're still stuck in time inside. But do have a picnic in the fucking living room, okay? Sit your ass on the floor, bring out that damn cover, and just sit down and eat those damn peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She's gonna love that shit. She is. <sighs> Lastly, y'all know I love me some Jesus. Spiritual self-care, okay? Now, I don't care how y'all feel about meditation. I don't give a fuck. But you need to sit your ass down in silence. You need to be still. You need to be still. I'll say that again. You need to be still. Make time for meditation in your day, even if it's just five minutes. There's so many amazing apps out there from Calm, Insight Timer, Mindfulness, Mindful. They're out there. Just take some time for you and meditate because what this does, it increases our awareness. Oh, my God. 
I didn't even know I'd, I'd be thinking stuff like that. It's not about if I'm doing it right. If it's not about if I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And my awareness is increasing. I'm not just on autopilot. I'm able to do a 10 minute body scan, right? And check in with myself. And you know what? Well, you know what else helps my spirit? Me? Maybe it's the call me a Libra. Call me a crazy Libra. But I like to do something nice for other people in secret. Yeah. I like to be like, hey, man, here's $20. Boom. I'll randomly cash up somebody some money. I'll randomly buy somebody lunch. My friends know Chelsea. She's about to be on the show. I randomly bought her lunch just because just because just because she's a genuinely great person. Donate some money to charity, right? Help somebody in some way and just find opportunities to use your strength that that energize you. Do it more often. Do all these things, y'all. All these things. I'm wrapping it up. Chill out. Because at the end of the day, we are stuck with ourselves. You came out your mama's womb by yourself and you're going to be in that box six feet under by yourself. So in between this time, you might as well take a heightened look at yourself and care about yourself. This, my friends, this is how we increase our self-worth. Man, whew, I felt really good about that. I felt really, really good about that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please stick around. We're not done. We got Chelsea Von Chas coming through, the co-founder and also CEO of Happy Period. You're not going to want to miss this and so much more here on the Warranting Podcast. Warrantine is sponsored by Chicago French Press. Now, are you tired of adding loads of sugar and flavored creamers to your stale bitter brews each morning? Well, I have found your solution. Freshly roasted organic coffee flavored with the natural ingredients like coconut shavings, cocoa, and pecans. Ooh, yummy. You can now brew gourmet coffee at home like chocolate blueberry, coconut cream, fall favorites pumpkin spice latte <laughs> yep right now warranting listeners can receive 15 percent off your entire order with promo code warranting that's w-a-r-r-e-n-t-i-n-e on your next order right now that's right you go to chicagofrenchpress.com you are able to put in that warranting promo code you'll get 15 percent off the entire order visit chicagofrenchpress.com to learn more Okay, guys, welcome back. I'm so happy for you guys to be back with us right now. Uh, we have a special guest with us. I am so excited to bring this magnificent, powerful young woman on. She is a stylist, an L.A. native. Oh, no, not an L.A. native. Uh, originally from Alabama, here in L.A., became a stylist, and then she turned that into becoming a CEO over an amazing nonprofit by the name of Happy Period, an organization that specializes in making sure a low income and also homeless uh, women, specifically women of color, get all the menstrual uh, products that they need uh, during that time of the month. So for lack of Betty, uh, lack of words, we're about to have a bloody good time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> Chelsea Von Chaz. <laughs> I love it. I love to hear men say menstruation. 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 Yes. But it has nothing yes. to do with men, or does it? I don't know. We're going to find out right now. It's it's how men get here. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Ooh, I am in for a treat. Now, I just want to say... Uh, number one, thank you so much for for being a part of this. Um, oh, you're welcome. I love this. You know, yeah. I love you, Warren. I love you too. And coming in on the Warren Team podcast for you to just be here and 
just your spirit is just is is magnetic. It's so magnetic. So, you know, just to start off, I usually like to ask everybody, how has quarantine been for you? Oh, quarantine has been uh it's ooh, it's been challenging for me in a little a good rocky. Way. It's yeah. been yeah, a little rocky towards the later end or the middle point. Um March, April, May was pretty solid because I already put it in my mind that 2020 was canceled and that we would not be outside until August. And here we are, the late of the of the summer. <laughs> we're in right. August and we're still inside. We are still inside. So, um, yes. yeah, yeah. So it's um, just a little shaky for me, maybe towards um, the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But overall, it's... Um, it's been it's been good to me. It's been having good things come out of it, you know, for me. Great yeah. lessons. Yeah. Learn a lot of shit. I I started a garden. I learned how to plant some herbs. I grew some uh, kale, some spinach. Oh, kale, yeah. There you there we go. And um yeah, I discovered my green thumb. I have mad plants that I that I take care of and um yeah, I'm a plant mama. So that was pretty cool because that was something I didn't think I would get around to, you know, learning and doing until like I got a house or something. But I was like, oh, why not? I'll just create a little herb garden on my roof of like the building that I live on. I and love that. A little had mad time to do it. So I, 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 yeah. I want to say urban gardening, but I honestly I kind of hate that term. But like, I don't know what else to call it, like planting plants in it's, the city it's, it's it's black folks getting back to the roots of like what it's supposed to be with speak, us growing speak, our own food speak. and 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 um digging into the earth like that's that's really what it is for me mm-hmm. you know just really getting dirty and, and grounding and and planting seeds you know the, the simple things mm, mm, little yeah. uh, significations of life planting <laughs> seeds planting seeds um you know you have such a powerful story and you know, just knowing you, meeting you um, from the time that we, we've known each other and just like also mm-hmm. learning about you outside of just what I I know you personally, what, what the world knows about you uh, is, is so incredible. Uh, so your whole story is that you moved here, correct, from Alabama. Yes, from Mobile. From Mobile, Alabama. Good old Mobile. Not Birmingham, not Montgomery. Mobile, mm-hmm. y'all. Mobile. Yes. And you like came both. out here to L.A. Yeah, yeah, when I was like 12 or 13. So wow. I moved in with, um, or moved because, because of my parents. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and just haven't, um, I mean, well-traveled, but really pretty much haven't lived nowhere else since. That's great. <laughs> since I moved to California. So you've moved yeah, here. Yeah. You're 12. Uh, please let us know, because essentially you became a stylist. When did that fa- fashion yeah, bug yeah. bite you? <laughs> That's funny. Um, fashion bug. I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've always been in, into the arts and creative. So of course, you know, being a teenager, you kind of dibble and dabble to different things. Um, but it's like essentially, I got into acting. So I was a theater kid. So from middle school, having that as an elective, and then high school, all four years of high school, I was in theater. And then that's where I kind of tried out different things, from being like behind the scenes or off stage and in front of stage, on stage. And that's where the love of costuming came about. Um, I am, I'm still a performer, essentially. It's just that costuming was something else that I wanted to tap into as far as how to tell that story. And I was more so into fashion, definitely. So that ran with me through college. I, I, I did theater in college, um, more so in the wardrobe department. And from there, um, um, 
uh, I moved to Atlanta for a little while and that's how I got an apprenticeship with a costumer who worked on a Tyler Perry. And she was like really cool because um, she was an older lady and, um, you know, and like she dug my vibe because I didn't really talk much. I was just there to, you know, learn. And, you know, I was just more of an observant kind of right. kind of person. And um, and even just like in the beginning of like college, I just kind of knew like my vibe was a, a slightly different than others you know it wasn't I wasn't trying to be like a customer really who really wanted to be famous or someone who was really trying to get attention from either Mr. Perry or folks that work with Mr. Perry it was just I was just I would just be there and not really talk unless I was spoken to um but anyway so this 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 lady just pretty much took me under her wing and uh suggested that I started doing um styling just to see like if I preferred um, red carpets or music videos and you know or movies and such and so that was pretty cool because I kind of dipped and dabbed into into everything's all the way up until like my early 20s I started working with Derek Blanks which is a really big uh music oh video yeah he's the uh and creative director he does the like the the person it's like you and like uh, your ego right <laughs> altered ego alter ego yes. yeah Alter Ego, yeah, yeah. So I did a couple of Alter Egos with Derek Blanks and then uh, dozens of photo shoots with Derek. He's amazing. So that was like my next level up as far as working with, um, you know, specific black people. I've only been under black creatives, black um, professionals as far as being their assistant, being um, the, the photography assistant. Um, I kind of dabbed into photography a little bit as far as like learning creative direction and... Um, you know, not not tapping into makeup and hair, but actually knowing what to do with makeup and hair as far as to be able to tell a story through a picture or through film. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, pretty much what I learned a lot when it came to about trends and nice. just paying attention to what other people are not paying attention to um, and really just having a voice there. And, yeah, and from there, I want to say I moved back to L.A., in 2012 2013 and that's when I got more so into wardrobe and but to be honest with you Warren I started to hate my job how so like around that time well because you know how I'm not I'm from I'm from Bama like don't shit fool me or really impress me <laughs> so like all the Hollywood shit I just really I'm sorry can I say yeah, shit shit fuck ass okay. cunt whatever well <laughs> not cunt but I well I said it anyway you're fine okay I just wanted to make sure I usually ask people like hey can I say this word that word let's you get know. rowdy let's get um, go for it though yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah I just you know I'm I wasn't really into you know certain people and you know the vibe the whole Hollywood thing and also um you know I think like there's a lot there's a bit of classism that even goes into our community when it comes to people working professionally you know folks thinking that because they're famous or because they work under this famous person that you know they can talk to you a certain yeah. way mm -hmm. and so for me like even though I I was very you know um uh I, I was a good person to work with as far as being an assistant, assistant, but personally, like, I just, a lot of shit just didn't sit with me. So when I did open my mouth, it was always impactful or I will always be telling people off. So yeah. it just, it was so many moments where I was just like, yeah, I'm not fucking with this because of how this person treated me or I, mm. me witnessing how this person treats their team yeah. or, you know what I mean? And just like that whole fake thing. And it just wasn't really sitting with my spirit. And I think that, that reflected in just a lot of the jobs that I would take 
and um and of course you know uh, financially like wardrobe and styling it's it's really hard that's something that folks do not tell you that you know if you don't have a great credit score you may not be able to purchase or get uh loaned uh clothing um or pull looks from showrooms if you don't have the proper connections or if this designer doesn't fuck with you then you may more than likely won't get any clothes for this client if your client is shitty a shitty person and you represent them and you and you style them more than likely they're just gonna automatically put you with your client and just say yeah we don't we don't fuck with this person, this artist or whoever. So therefore, you're not going to get, you know, get oh so far. Right. So um, I just would get so annoyed by that. Now, it would happen all the time. And then on top of that, like, you know, it's just I, I did it for about seven years. And it was just such a around the six or seven year mark. It just became like, oh, this is a struggle. I felt like I wasn't walking in my purpose. I felt like it just wasn't purposeful work. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. There was perks to it. Um, meeting cool people. Yeah. But I just felt like there was something else that I needed to be doing. And this was a part of the journey to get there, but this just wasn't it. Gotcha. You know, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just felt really strongly about that. And, um, I mean, like later on down the road, like I got a really cool, I met some really amazing people like Ayana, um, Ayana James Kamani or Ayana Kamani now, like she is, Ayana J more so she's known on social, but she's an amazing costumer, wardrobe stylist. Um, one of my really good friends that I met and she connected me to, um, to a couple of people and essentially like, you know, she became the, the wardrobe costume designer of Insecure. And so that was kind of like one of the last gigs that are or last jobs that I had before making a decision to, uh, join the union, which is something a really big deal. Most people do if they work in film and TV right. production. They join the union, especially right. if they're going to be working in Hollywood or even in Atlanta. And um, yeah, I was right at that point of like figuring out if I was going to join the union and then Insecure, you know, got uh, uh, picked up for H- HBO. And I was headed to a gig in Hollywood and I was driving right at. Um, in Hollywood, I stopped at a red light at La Brea and Third, and I was like the first car in this lane. And I noticed this uh, this black girl, this black woman crossing the street, and she really didn't have that much. She was pretty. Um, she wasn't naked, but she just didn't have on a lot of clothes. Right. Like she had on like a little camisole, like a little tank top, right. and some like uh, like pajama shorts. Like, right. but anywho, like you can tell, like you know that she was struggling, like that she was uh, experiencing homelessness. And, but the thing that really like stuck out to me was like when I, when she passed by me, I noticed she had a period stain on the back of her butt. So a period stain is basically like women, like when we, when, when we're menstruating, when we get our period and sometimes we don't know, you don't know what time it's going to come. You might know what day it comes, but it can come at any time of the day. Right. So it, it would just appear. So most of the time you would feel it like where there's like a cramp or a bloat. Um, but I mean, that's kind of like something that just happens. Like, damn it. Like it just, the blood just comes, you right. have like the stain on the back of your butt. Yeah. So I noticed that and that made me think like, damn, like, you know, if you are homeless and you get your period, like, what do you do though? Like, you know, because yeah, that's not homeless, I, it's something just, that, yeah, you always think about like food or maybe even soap and stuff. And I don't think a lot of people yes. are thinking about like, does this homeless person need a tampon or pads? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, that was just the, the initial, thought that was embedded in my mind yeah. and then you know I was also kind of tripping uh in the moment because I was looking at you know 
if there were other people that were paying attention to her, like in their cars or, you know, like, should I pull over? You know what I mean? And it was just a lot of, um, you know, kind of emotional because I was just angry. I was just pissed, you know, on the way to this gig that you're about to go to, too, by the way. Yeah. 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 On the on the way, like in between jobs. I hated styling. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was like, uh, I kind of don't even want to you know, do this, all this to get into the union. I'm not even sure if this is what I want to do. I don't want to like pay this fee, get into the union and then just like, uh, I don't want to do this. Right. right? So, um, yeah, that was pretty much like the crossroad that I was, that I was at, but just seeing her and just having, um, be getting a bit angry with those emotions that just drove me into, you know, something a little bit, uh, well, much deeper now that I know, because that led me to calling up shelters. Like I had mad questions. So I called up a bunch of shelters and asked them like, well, what services do they provide? And, you know, what do they do? And then maybe like out of like six shelters that I called, maybe only one representative, like hit me back. And then I got her on the phone and she told me a few things. Like the main thing she said that was like, what the fuck? Um, she said that by law, I mean, like every, every nonprofit, every organization, even shelters, they have bylaws, Mm -hmm. they have like a mission statement, all that shit. right? Right. Um, and then of course, like they have certain protocols, like, especially if they are a shelter, you know, they're essentially like a housing organization. Right. Uh, but by law, they are not required to provide period products to their folks. Even if they are a homeless shelter strictly for folks that identify as female, they do not have to legally provide period products to them by no means. Just like how they, I mean, they have to provide water. Obviously, they have to keep the space clean. But when it comes to certain um, uh, uh, necessities, a, a pad or a tampon to them is not a necessity to where it's like embedded in their mission or their bylaws or even um, within their um, within their budget. Like it's not allocated wow. in their budget to purchase this. They don't have to do that. Really? It's, there's nothing that says that they have to do that. No, yeah, like it's 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 a real thing. So and it's crazy because people put a lot of trust into shelters and prisons and schools and a lot of like the uh, big institutions thinking like, oh, well, duh. Like if they have students that have periods, then they're going to put period products in the bathrooms, right? right? If they have students that need to learn, they're going to put books in the libraries and books in the classroom, right? right? right. But that's, that's not always the case, especially if um, the community is underserved or especially if the person is homeless then it's not as valuable to just get these automatic things. Right. And then a lot of the shit, you know, we just, we feel like, oh, that's common sense. I mean, obviously if you service to women, right. you would make sure there's pads that exactly. you can give them. But no, 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 no. She told me that more than likely it comes, the responsibility is put on the staff. So the staff is going in their pockets. The staff is going in their purses, giving out pads and tampons. Because, I mean, obviously they have a pantry um, or some shelters call it like a pantry, not a food pantry, but kind of like a donation pantry or a donation bin. If they don't have a warehouse, that's where they would receive products, house them there. And, you know, they'll just be there for whoever needs them. But she said that they didn't even have anything in the pantry or they didn't even have anything in their donation bin because folks are not even donating the pads and tampons. Why? Because folks are not thinking about donating pads and tampons. They're not thinking about about women's and and their periods. They're not thinking about women. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. It's, it's almost like people put a homeless man and a homeless woman in the same bracket. Mm. thinking They all, they have the same experience, but they do not. They don't think about people, you know, I mean, uh, for the most part, the the world does not think about 
us on our period because there's such a stigma and, um, you know, a negative connotation with bleeding and having a period and it's nasty and it's gross and it should be hidden. So nobody's thinking about it. So obviously no one, that's not going to uh, translate into folks like donating wow. pads and tampons. So this is all yeah. just hitting you all at the same time. You're, you're, uh-huh, you're seeing like all, all this, getting week. all this information, everybody, you know what I'm saying? You're seeing the, <laughs> for lack of a better word, discrimination that's going against homeless women specifically. And mm-hmm. what, what happens when that time of the month comes, what made you go yeah. deep diving? Like I, it's one thing to talk about it. it. It's one thing to have the idea, but then it's another thing to take action. What was that breaking right. the camel's back of like, I am going to take this first step and do this. Um, probably. Yeah, I was going to say it was definitely still that one conversation with Mm. the with the shelter rep, because, yeah, from her, you know, saying what she said, and I think she was definitely being honest. I don't think, you know, um, she could have been even a bit biased because, you know, she works at a shelter. She has to deal with that shit all day, every day, you know, and um, she may not have had like a great experience (laughs) at all, you know, but she definitely was like, you know, um, she didn't recommend like just giving products out to homeless folks because homeless folks are crazy. That's literally what she said, or they have mental issues. And then she definitely, you know, was like more so about uh, fundraising for the shelter so they can just buy products. And then, and that's also something a lot of shelters do where they hire someone to, you know, solicit donations and fundraise for them and things like that. Um, But I was just like, nah, (laughs) <laughs> not, I ain't with that. I'm not giving you any money. Um, you know, and in, in, in fact, get off my phone. Mm. You know, like much love to you. Great, cool, but, but click. Um, yeah, because I felt like, well, if if everybody has the same attitude as she did, then the 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 problem would never receive a solution. Exactly. So, so yeah, that was it. I think maybe the other half of that, if I may say, would be when I I emailed all my girlfriends. I, I think I had like um an email thread of like six or eight girlfriends of mine at the time, and I just sent them an email telling them everything that I saw and what I witnessed and and the conversation I had with the rep at the shelter. And I was like, I want to do something. I just don't want to give them any money i actually don't even want to get them involved i was like i don't even see the point in getting them involved because there's way more uh, folks who are houseless outside of the shelter and then there's also a stigma with folks uh living in shelters a lot of folks are scared of shelters because you know it's just a place where you know folks are sexually assaulted and it's overcrowded and it's just kind of like you know one for you know want for your own shit you know with your own property and of course your body and your mind and everything so you know i was just like yeah i want to do something and 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 i i need y'all help like what do we do and then uh, and 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 of course like having a conversation with my mama because my mama is my co-founder so Uh having a conversation with my mama and just my girlfriends we all just kind of put our thinking caps together and decided like okay initially like it was going to be a project but we just figured okay we'll just we'll collect money we'll we'll collect products and we'll just you know deliver it in some type of way and individually then i have a individually yeah, yeah yeah like we wanted to because we knew i knew where to find homeless women you know as far as like in la specifically and then um i have a homegirl who uh she's a she's a chapter head of hashtag lunch bag which is another great organization that uh works to feed folks experiencing homelessness um amazing organization um but she offered 
to, um, you know, allow me and my mama to join and, you know, anybody else that wanted to join because they were doing a distribution day, which is essentially like a volunteer day where they make sandwiches, pack it all up, and then they go out and distribute at Skid Row. So I was like, okay, maybe we'll do essentially the same thing, Mm -hmm. but we'll do it with period products and we'll make kits out of everything. So that, um, all of this happened in the span of like a week. So maybe I saw the homeless girl crossing the street on a Friday or a Saturday. And then over that weekend, I was like emailing all the shelter people. Uh And then I think Monday or Tuesday, I talked to the lady on the phone. I'm I'm pretty sure I can find it because I still have the email. I still have the email that I sent my girlfriends. Wow. I still have that. I look. I think I um I had printed it out one time, but I think it's in my 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 parents' house. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, like all this happened in the span of a week because because happy period. The first happy period gathering or happy period volunteer event was February eighth, twenty fifteen. Okay. So it was like that was a I want to say that was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Um, but yeah, like. We we all got together, like folks were handing out lunches yeah. and, you know, a lot of all my homegirls showed up and we packed all the pads and tampons wow. and wipes and soap and, you know, we put it into little kits. Like it, it kind of, we were literally figuring it out as the as days. As you're going, yeah, were, wow. Yeah, yeah. As, we were, as we were going and just, you know, me receiving feedback, like, well, what do y'all think, you know? Um, of course, in between this time, my mama decided to name Happy Period, Happy Period. Like she came up with the name. So like, which is, yeah, it was just in my opinion, listening to, you know, if if, for and forgive me, feel free to interject. That is exactly why I'm in this place. I am a man. Uh, (laughs) Listen, this is the one place where I this is probably how single white men must feel uh, in America. (laughs) I'm just like, listen, I don't want to offend anybody like, you know, the good guys. We're just like, listen, I just I want to I'm here to listen and and, and receive. But. I wonder, um, with the name Happy Period, is to bring light to kind of rebrand uh, this thing throughout our entire country, throughout our entire world is conce- conceived as ew, bad, but it's no yeah. different than it hasn't stopped. It's not going to end anytime soon. It's very natural, no different than farting or you know. Or- <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Her whole thing was to make sure that folks understood that it's normal. It's uh, it's it is natural. Um, it's not something to to shun or or hide. It's something relatable. You can make fun of it. You can, mm-hmm. you know, not like it at times, um, you know, but it's definitely something that uh, controls people's like emotions. Like people get like, you know, screw face when they hear oh, the word wow, yeah. or folks, um, you know, even the word unhappy, because in my mama's opinion, which I, I, I agree with her because we were talking about it, like the word happy actually also makes a lot of people uncomfortable hmm. because they don't even know that word. They don't even know that state happy. Yeah they're actually more comfortable with being like the word depressed or I hear people talk about anxiety. Like anxiety is like a lot of folks favorite yeah, word. Misery like, loves oh, it's company. so relatable. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But like the word happy, you know, it's like, Oh, this is cheesy as if like it's less than, mm. or it's not like reachable or nobody's happy or like, what's a happy period that doesn't exist. But it's like, actually, yeah, it can exist, but that's on you. Ooh. You don't have to make everything so shitty. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Um, I love the play on words definitely... real quick, by the way. Just like <laughs> when you think about it in a, in a totally different circumstance, like happy, period. Like happy. Yes. Period. Happy, exactly. Period. <laughs> that's exactly what my mama did. <laughs> I love that. 
That's exactly We're what happy, she did. Period. And I couldn't argue with her. I did Google the words together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely Googled the words. And, you know, it was just kind of like... You know, just a little bit of research and background, obviously, like, you know, because at this point we still were treating it as a project, you know, and and so, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. But that's literally what what she did. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So. So, yeah, the first one was successful. You know, we gave out like 150 kits or some shit like that. And then like, I think at the end. Yeah, that was the first one. And I think at the end, um uh one of the volunteers was like so are we gonna be back here next month wow like, next week or are we gonna can we do this again yeah we're gonna do this again right yeah and i, I was like yeah <laughs> that's great you service right, the need we'll and they're like again. oh we we got us some chelsea we want some more chelsea give us some happy yeah period, we gotta please. do more exactly exactly wow. so yeah maybe at like the uh, the third time or the third month mm-hmm. that's when we decided to turn it into an actual charity um and that pretty much like just happened because we went back out to skid row and this lady like came out and she was like yo like did i miss the happy period bag person like where's the like like i was like wait they're waiting on us to come here because we made i made it a point like to come at like i think it was the last saturday of each month right right um so yeah i was like okay well they expecting us so we can't stop so yeah and here we are five years later over like a hundred and fifty thousand period care products given out to folks like across the country we've given out products in kenya belize haiti yeah we're taking over (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just in awe by this this is like this is this is this is so this is monumental. This it makes complete sense why all these you know different sites from people to it, mm-hmm. so many more have like you've caught their attention simply because you found I won't even call it a niche, but to a certain extent it is. But you just it's it's it seems like it's common sense when you really break it down, especially caring for homeless women, which which is mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Thanks so. For- I'm I'm I for one am very very proud of you. Um, this is Thank uh you. this is so great. Uh, what I really want to know next was um, has there right now where do you see a happy period going, especially with quarantine happening? You know homelessness. I, I can't imagine. You know we all have to be inside our home. What what is mm-hmm. now the state of uh I will say homeless people, but like. Just people, people who yeah. are homeless, but specifically women. Like, what is the state right now with you know a pandemic happening on top of racism also ensuing with all the protests happening? What what is it like for homeless? Oh women? man, it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, well, I mean, even like to 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 bring you up to to speed on like how we've um, or how I've responded to COVID or how um, I mean essentially how I responded to just the world. Um, because at the top of 2020, I decided to create a menstrual health program. So like we would receive a lot of, uh, requests from schools, teachers, mainly teachers and parents asking us to donate to their kids' school because something will happen, especially if it's in an underserved community. So like a budget was cut and there's no longer a nurse or a nurse's station. So then there's no one ordering products, you know, um, or it's, it's very slim. So from there... I decided that we would we would add schools in there. So it's like we kind of jumped from 
folks that are experiencing homelessness, folks that have low income. We did um, some Harvey, uh, Hurricane Harvey relief efforts, so folks that are displaced because of a natural disaster. And then, um, and then we added schools like the last year. So, um, so yeah, top of 2020, I created the, the menstrual health program because essentially like when we would, when we, when we would get requests from the schools, you know, we would ask them like, Hey, as an incentive, like, can we also teach the kids about periods? Like, you know, like, is there something that you have that actually teaches the kids like how to use liners or right. tampons right. and, you know, and, and, um, you know, and are you are you also providing them in the bathrooms? Like, why are you just making them go to the nursing station? Yeah. So we would have these really great conversations, and you know, and and, and I got a lot of good luck because everybody would actually say yes. Mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. that kind of started into something where I would do workshops, and I mean, now I have facilitators, but would do workshops teaching kids about periods and I say kids because I actually encourage the boys to mm, stay absolutely like, I don't like I don't believe in separating the you know the, the boys and the girls like just like in sex ed you know how, like how, how's, it's not uh, if fair. you don't mind me asking what's that like specifically with like you know seeing boys um, here it is because I, I can it's, attest it's, I was one of the people snickering <laughs> in sixth grade like vagina <laughs> I was one of them I will say I will say but obviously you. Puberty didn't hit me, and neither did uh, social uh, recognition of uh, self. But uh, yes, what what, what mean, is that responsible? I mean, for real, for real, like it's usually the parents that are bitchy Ooh. as far as like saying, "Oh no, let's just keep it to the girls," or I don't know if the boys are mm. mature enough. But it's like I mean, well, they're all the same age, so they all have like a level of maturity that's actually okay and normal for them. But it's still like, you know, it's 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 still a pushback there because mm-hmm. of because of parents or even because you know, of society, most of, most I want to say time, pushing that societal uh, agenda that yeah. like women should only deal with this and men, you guys yeah. don't have to worry about it. And thus it leads mm-hmm. and blossoms into where we are right now, where we need an organization. Like absolutely. This. Absolutely. So, no, it's 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 interesting, you know, um, but the boys are just just as eager. You know, I mean, the main difference is that the boys have to understand, like, oh, like the, when it comes to the products, because they always get kits mm-hmm. like the kids, you know, the product is for the girls right. that menstruate, yeah. you know, and the boys. So that's the only thing where the boys do not you know, they, they can't participate in that part. But right. as far as like, if they, if they understand and they're educated, you know, I think that's, that's the bigger, that's the bigger issue. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, um, so yeah, man, I mean, before COVID happened, we, we did workshops at schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a period guide, uh, which is essentially like a, like a, a, a digital workbook and guide to periods and you can for someone as young as nine years old will be able to understand it because that's kind of the 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 age bracket that we that we start at so from nine year olds to you know of course a teenager 17 18 year 18 years old uh teaching them about menstruation how to take care of it how that connects to their self-esteem how that connects to um, them um, having a, a sense of self-efficacy, like that I can do it, I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing uh, period care pop-ups, which was pretty much like um, I would go into a school or community center and just kind of like build a period shop. So there would be a bunch of different products because um, then we would start educating them on like bad products versus good products, organic versus non-organic and why that's super important. Um 
allowing brands to even partner up with us on that. So pretty much like since COVID happened, we've converted everything to uh, digital or virtual. So now the workshops we'll be doing in the fall will be virtual. Um, we'll be able to even essentially like hopefully like send out period kits to, nice. to folks like individually. Yeah. Um and the same thing like with shelters, like partnering with brands so that the shelters get the products directly. So we don't need to have like, you know, an outside volunteer event to do this. Like we can still get the product to the people that need them. But, you know, you know, it's just it's a bit of a, a pivot, you know, like, yeah, Rona's canceled everything. Yeah. But, you know, it she has not canceled my plans. OK, come on. Yeah. Come on. She's not canceled the plans <laughs> of you being this wonderful messenger for so many women who I'm pretty sure have been so grateful for you to take the stance and dedicate a portion of your life to it. I think that's huge. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I think the main thing like for, um, for me, like working with the kids, cause I, I do prefer working with the younger people than I do the, the folks experiencing homelessness. I can actually admit that and say that. And, um, I do see my bigger, uh, the North star working with the kids or, yeah. the, or, or the younger people because, you know, of just changing up the cycle, breaking the cycle of generation. So yeah. they're not as, you know, uncomfortable talking about their period or they're not as silent talking about their period. Um, you know, and I, and I think what really helped me was that I would get a lot of parents, especially when we would do the period care pop-ups, like the events, cause then the parents would be present and the kids would be participating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, around that, for that group, they would be more so teenagers, but you know, mamas will always say like, damn, I wish I had this when I was little or yeah. damn, I wish I had this when I was like in middle school or high school yeah. because I didn't even know like, you know, what to do. Like, I didn't know that this, you know, my blood looking like this meant this. Exactly. Or, yeah. I didn't know how to use a tampon. And, and I feel like know, that's the so advanced version that like, I guess children are getting kind of the introduced yeah. to that head on. Uh, but I, I do have a quick question for you. I, I wonder, yeah. like, like you said, the mamas, they're saying that. Let's talk about yeah. the fathers, so to speak. Like, what is a, a yeah. common misconception when it comes to not just periods, but your organization, Happy Period? Um, that we don't fuck with men. And I love men. And, and, and I, I don't really care for, like, people throwing the whole, like, feminist agenda label on me. Like, I'm not really for a separation of men mm. or getting away from men. I'm always about, like, including the fathers, including the uncles and brothers, and, and including the little boys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... I think that's super important. And, and I, I feel like folks yeah. automatically, when they think of like a women's organization or women's health organization, that it's anti-men, but happy period is not that. Cause mm. Chelsea is, that's not who Chelsea is. You yeah. know what I mean? It is a, it is a reflection of me and my mama and we're just not, you know, we, we, we may be talking to folks that menstruate and we're actually also inclusive. So there will be people who, you know, um, trans individuals who still you know deal with the period they they are welcome just as you know what i mean 100%, like we're yeah. we're we're not about like shunning people away or saying like only this type of person you know if you have a period we fuck with you yeah basically yeah and so like getting back to like with fathers i think another thing that a um, uh, misconception is that men do not want to know about periods or um that they're not open to periods. I, I find that men actually ask good questions <laughs> and would like to know more about periods. Yeah. And I think if we just give them, if there's a space for y'all to ask questions, to, 
you know, to, to learn, then y'all would actually be more open yeah. to it. And I think that's a, a huge space for, for change, mm-hmm. you know? And then also like, I think a lot of y'all, you know, could use a reminder every now and then 100%. that you came from a vagina. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, uh, and that, um, you know, it's look at the reality of it that you came from a womb and we did not come from your rib. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the real reality of how the processes that the body, the female body has to go through in order to create a human being. You know, I think yeah. society has dumbed that whole thing down to where the point where y'all don't even see that as a big deal. Yeah. So when it comes to like our period and it's like something that's, um, you know, in, 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 um, unfortunately like with religions and a lot of cultures and traditions like it's seen as unclean and bad and you know like y'all believe that and it's it's reflected in um in society even today to the point where unfortunately like we are still hiding our period yeah when it's like obviously our bodies go through this these natural cycles in order to Mm -hmm. create to perpetuate humanity like we have to have it you know what i mean so i think if y'all can, you know, we can remind y'all of that and also open the space up for y'all to ask questions and be educated. I think, you know, the the world would be a lot much more um, smarter. Smarter. <laughs> 100%. More, more empathetic, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and empathetic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Chelsea, please, I really do want to ask you this question. What is it that, you know, primarily men such as myself or just anybody, as well as women, how can... How can we volunteer? How can we be a part? How can we help? I mean, you know, yes, quarantine is still happening and we certain things are kind of limited. So, you know, during this quarantine time and also post, what is it that you feel that we can do to help not just happy period, but women who are homeless dealing uh, with this, uh, I want to say, unacknowledgement? Yeah, it, it that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> what it is. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm glad like that you understand that. Um, I mean, honestly, like first thing I tell people is is to really like think about your what's happening in your backyard mm-hmm. first versus trying to like uh, help it, uh, far out yonder. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of folks um, and, and it's not a bad thing to want to help out in other places. Um, I just think that uh, if we really pay attention first to what's happening in our own backyard and figure out those solutions that is actually quite better because that brings uh, progress in, within your own space within your own circle right, right. so even like from a volunteering standpoint with that i always tell people you know to contact even understand where your shelters are you know what i mean like most people know where their hospital is or yeah. where the fire station is you know like start there first and if you even feel moved like contact them contact them ask them like what do you need how you can help how you can volunteer um for someone who is a bit more um more of a go-getter like myself um don't ask for permission to get involved or to help especially when you feel passionate about a certain uh Mm. issue or a group or um you know, or movement or cause, then I think like, it's all about you taking the initiative to actually do your best yeah. and, um, you know, put forth some action with that. I mean, I didn't listen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask permission. I didn't ask permission. You know, if, if, you just... well, if, if I listened, I don't think I would have done anything. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, okay. but it's like, you know, I didn't ask for permission. And the same thing with, uh, when Happy Period went down to Houston for Hurricane Harvey to help out, I didn't ask to come. I just showed right. up. 
Gotcha. You know what gotcha. I mean? Okay. So, um, so I always encourage people to just, you know, take the initiative to just, to just do to help you know mm, what I mean yeah. most sit because oh, you fundraised yes. for them because <laughs> you don't you know it could be, yeah because you had a donation drive you know to support them you know what I mean it's always good to just add you know if you're if you're more comfortable asking like hey I'm open to doing this 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 would you need any of these services do you need any of this or right. you tell me what's the best way to help you you know what I mean right and, of course and then I can go from there you know wow. um okay and then of course where we would go to happyperiod.com oh of course, like for happy period, hashtag happy period dot org. Um, wow. We are happy period on on Instagram and Facebook, you know, uh, definitely keep the conversation going. We're all about eliminating the stigma. So even if you're just simply talking about periods, you're you're amplifying our mission. And you're you're happy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're happy. Yeah. And you're pushing for this amazing notion started by this phenomenal woman uh listen we are running slightly out of time however i want to leave us off on a happy note and then we'll put a period at i need to stop with this but yes you get it i see you tried it i'm trying i'm a weirdo um what we're gonna do is a little true or i'm trying to do a pun what's a good pun true or pulse no um bleed or not no true or false about peer specifically around periods for you to be such an amazing ceo around periods we want to test your knowledge of the female anatomy uh me as a man saying that isn't that crazy all right let's get into it <clears throat> number one and we'll just do a quick little you know four or five and we'll let you go but number one orgasms can make your cramps feel better true or false that that is true it can actually uh, uh alleviate uh cramping pains it's pretty difficult for so everyone is different but it's pretty difficult as far as like if you being in the mood to uh -huh. have sex while the cramping is happening but yeah like once that orgasm happens the muscles are relaxed the hormones are released and it's a lot more that is a true. lot more magical is, things happen you're very correct you know your body uterine contractions caused by an orga uh, orgasm can release pain fighting neurotransmitters so the doctor says period sex is for the win thank you chelsea with consent no, with consent of course consensual come on of course that's out the gate yeah we got to say that uh number number two you probably are bleeding a lot less than you think true or false oh um mm. You're bleeding a lot less than you think. Uh, do you think you bleed a lot less than you think? True or false? For me personally, I will say yes, but everyone is different. So it depends, mm -hmm. of course. Like You're absolutely right. After a survey on average, a woman only loses about 60 milliliters or 2.7 ounces of blood during each period, according to uh, Public Med Health. And that's almost, for those who don't know, two shot glasses or just about 16 tablespoons of blood. Yes. yes, absolutely. And anything more than that, it's, it's more than likely like some type of health condition or some type of concern. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Next one. Third one. Good, Warren. This is great. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. There is uh, there is absolutely no reason why tampons are often sold in boxes of 18. No reason why they're sold in boxes of 18? Yes. There's no reason. True or false? I'm... I'm gonna say false 
but I mean, I don't know. As far as packaging wise, I'm like, I don't know. I've seen boxes of 32, 28. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You are absolutely right. That is false because that's the average number of tampons used during each cycle, according to a study published in the journal A Contraception. Although the same study suggests that some women use up to 48 tampons each month. So you're absolutely right. Let's, let's go on to number uh, number four here. Um, a rare period disorder can cause bleeding of the eyes. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit, I don't. Bleeding of the eyes? Yes, a rare period disorder can cause bleeding of the eyes. True or false? I'm going to say false. I don't know, but put me on. I will. That, Chelsea, is in fact true. Known as a vicarious menstruation, this rare but terrifying condition makes you bleed from organs besides your uterus, like your eyes, while on your period, according to the study. Luckily, only a handful of cases have been recorded, according to the study authors, who say this condition is caused when endometrial tissue, which normally grows in your uterus and sheds during your period, is transmitted through the bloodstream. So it's very rare. It's a small hand selected, but it can indeed happen. And it's very important to, to proceed with caution. Oh man, that's, yeah. you just put me on. I didn't, I did not know that. I'm very much aware of endometriosis. Yes. Mm -hmm. women that's suffering from that so yes. yeah as far as that side effect and bleeding from the eyes damn mm. i'm gonna tweet wow. about it i'm actually gonna get into that okay well i will wrap it up by asking you this great question this great one right here this is the one this is the one disney made a movie about periods in the 1940s true or false I believe they did. I think that's true. That is true. You're absolutely right. The magical Disney production you've never seen is called The Story of Menstruation and was funded by Kotex, which essentially it's an explainer for tweens on what what's it about to hit the ovaries very, very soon. So that was like the first collaboration between like a corporate brand and a media company. Mm -hmm, you know, as mm -hmm. far as doing some type of uh, educational work. So, yeah, Speaking you can probably find clips of that. Oh, the story of menstruation? I'm down. Like, we should definitely have a night where we're like, let's all watch the story of menstruation and really get educated. Uh, listen. So one day, we're going to see. Happy well, period, story of menstruation. I know. Yes, you are like, so Beyonce did Black is King. Chelsea Von Chass is about to do, no, period is king. Period is queen. Period, period is, no, happy period. Period is queen. <laughs> I'm with it all. I'm with it all. We'll get we'll get to the brainstorming session. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen. This is woman is amazing. She is the founder of Happy Period. She's also a wonderful friend. And if you don't know her, you need to look her up on all the social media handles. Chelsea Von Chaz, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for this information. We enjoyed you. And uh, yeah, guys, happy period. All day. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is as if these episodes keep getting better and better and better. One more time, I want to say thank you so much to the amazing Chelsea Von Chaz for her mission to talk to me, a man, about periods and breaking down the stigma both within our own culture or within our own black culture and religion and Western society as a whole uh, of letting us just really just get an understanding of what is so natural and real for every single woman 
on this planet. And also thank you to you for listening to um, me ramp about self-worth. I hope you got some valuable information out of it because essentially we're all on this journey together. And if my vulnerability can do anything, I hope it has inspired you to go forth and do and live a better, more fulfilling life for you in this quarantine state. We have a whole lot more coming on in the future, but more than anything, I just want to say I am grateful for you. I love you and thank you so much for tuning in to the Warranting Podcast. Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.